Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt. And as always, our charming co-host, Miss Bobby Bell, is joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. What's new with you? I have a new dog. <laughs> what is I her name? I have a new dog. Uh, well, I changed her name after a couple of days. <laughs> it didn't yeah. seem like the name just fit her and so I came up with the name Missy and uh, yeah so that seems perfect for her but she's a sweetie 
she is a sweetie. But my oldest daughter's name is Missy. <laughs> and so she kind of took issue with that for just a few minutes. And then she was pretty complimented. <laughs> so she said, oh. Daddy, you've already got one, Missy. And I said, well, now I have two. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. <clears throat> but she's going to be a she's going to be a great companion. So how are things in Albuquerque with the virus still going on? Well, you know, it, it hasn't really impacted Jim and me. We since we already work at home and such, um, except missing friends and, and getting out to live music events. Um, of course, you know, we go out to do shipping and errands and always wear a mask and have from the beginning because we are, I may not sound it, but we are elderly, you know. <laughs> you don't sound um, that. And you don't but, act that. But, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it does appear that um, the world has begun to open up here a bit with many stores opening last um, Saturday and such. I've been having uh, some fun just bopping around and looking online at major events and whether they will continue or not. And two major events in Santa Fe that happened in the summer months, July and August, have been canceled. Um, it appears that the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta is, is on, as best as I can tell. Um, right. But, you know, um we, I, you know, it's still here. I mean, it, you know, it, it's still ever present. So, uh, you be. know, but we just keep, you know, we just keep moving on and and kind of try to put it in its place and not let it, um, not let it overtake our spirits or you know or keep us from doing things that we're called to do. So, yeah. But we sure yeah. miss we miss live music. We miss our live music performances our friends and and seeing friends there that's that's really the hardest thing <laughs> yeah yeah well people are looking forward to live music again and uh the state of tennessee i think tomorrow is kind of going to open up everything but with restrictions and of course social distancing and then uh-huh, the right. mayor of mayor of nashville announced this morning that they are going to open restaurants at 75 percent capacity and start allowing some live music again well, as of Monday. Well, not here. <laughs> yeah, and we so still don't have we still don't have salons open. I know you were able to get a haircut, but um, we don't. It, it, yeah, it looks like I don't know. Maybe sometime in June that may they may open. But as of as of now, as far as I know, they are still not open. Yeah, yeah. Well, things will kind of open back up again just slowly, and people are careful, so that's a good thing. Well, we have a fantastic show today. We are social distancing again, as we always do (laughs) on the Campfire Cafe. I'm in Nashville. You're in Albuquerque, and our, our guest today is in Wyoming. So why don't you go ahead and tell the audience who's going to be joining us for the first hour? I'm so delighted we finally have Jared Rogerson joining us today, and I've been a fan of his for a long time, and I can't wait to get him on the air with us. All right, so we're going to have a big time visiting with him and playing some of his great music. And in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America, our good friend Trina Morris is going to be back with us. And uh, we're going to have a big time visiting and talking with her. So we've got a lot of great music, a lot of great conversation today on the Campfire Cafe and on Saddle Up America. And when we come back, 
We're going to be talking with Jared Raberson on the Campfire Cafe. But right now, let's listen to a great song that he's done from the CD Branch of the Tree. It's one called In This Cage. I spent in school I had no idea I'd be standing right here in front of you now I'm pouring out my heart tonight and I do believe I got it right I can finally say I've got nothing to prove I landed that lofty degree well look at me can you believe somehow I still don't act my age I never was a prodigy, just worked real hard and living free, and that put me here in this cage. My cost of living might have been a whole lot cheaper if I hadn't busted out of my shell. Spent some dough just to get burned, probably the biggest lesson learned. You better beware of yourself I landed that lofty degree Look at me, can you believe Somehow I still don't act my age I never was a prodigy Just worked real hard and living dreams That puts me here in this cage When I get out of this prison Well, I'll be so rich that I won't need a job Cause I'll write a song that wins the lottery Inspired by life's dichotomy Or else find another big old bank to rob I landed that lofty degree Well, look at me, man, can you believe Somehow I still don't act my age I never was a prodigy, just worked real hard and living free, and that puts me here, right here, in this cage, in this cage. On the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network, we just heard In This Cage, performed by today's guest, written and performed by today's guest, Jared Rogerson from his new album, Branch of the Tree. Well, Jared Rogerson's passion for the ever-changing West runs deep and bubbles to the surface through his distinct music. No genre defines him, nor should it. As his adventurous, adventurous lifestyle, personal successes, and failures inspire, inspire much of what he writes. 
Listen closely and you'll hear a distinct cowboy rock vibe with dashes of country, Americana, rock, and folk. In other words, Jared is not just a songwriter and performer. One might say he is an artist and his palette is well-chosen words and music. American Cowboy Magazine has this to say about Jared's music. Crafted to appeal to cowpokes who are equally comfortable with Chris Ledoux and Bon Jovi. Today we are featuring music from his latest album, Branch of the Tree. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, a man unafraid of going after his songwriting dream, and we are all the better for it, Jared Rogerson. Welcome, Jared. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great to be on. Good to have you with us, my friend. Good to have yeah, you with thanks us. for that. Uh, what a what a wonderful introduction there, Bobby. How much is my mom paying you to <laughs> boost my self esteem? Huh? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, well, we're happy to have you with us. Yeah, we're happy to have you with us. We want to kind of let our worldwide audience know a little bit about you because we're just tickled to death to be able to introduce you today to folks around the world. But um, tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? How you got started in music? And um, kind of roll from there. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm out here in uh, Wyoming, western Wyoming right now. I've been here for quite a while now. I grew up in, in northern Utah. Grew up riding horses and, and doing all of that kind of stuff. Uh, eventually got into uh riding rodeos uh bareback bronx in high school and wow that sort of ended up with a with the rodeo scholarship to go to college and and keep riding there and then rode professionally for a little while and uh you know i i i kind of always had two real passions in life and it was music and and rodeo and <laughs> i guess i'm not a multitasker so i had to get one done with one to to pick up the other but uh you know i'd always written songs I, that's kind of how i got into this music business mess is, is i just like to to write songs and always felt like i had things to say and and uh eventually uh picked up the guitar and started playing uh sort of a late bloomer i guess i didn't really really get into playing guitar much until i was in college and finally started putting uh putting all, all those words to music and and sort of pursuing the dream, and I guess it was that last rodeo wreck that I had that, uh, you know, sort of spurred me into realizing that now was the time to to pursue this uh, other avenue and, you know, chase the songwriting stuff and really, really give it a shot. And uh, I'm not sure if this is any safer than rodeo was. But... <laughs> I started, I started to say it's a little easier on your body than rodeo was. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a yeah. little easier on your body. Yeah, a little uh, easier on your body, and you might have a longer career than you would in rodeo too. Sometimes, so <laughs> sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Well, it's it's great music that you've got, and I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to go right into another song. But uh, the next song we're going to do is called "Roll My Way Again." Anything you want to tell us about this? Oh, uh, you know, this uh, this whole album is really about 
I guess it has the underlying theme of, of choices and consequences. And, and this song is a little different than the others on the album. Maybe this is, uh, you know, my attempt of, of, of writing something a little more commercial and really trying to, to, uh, Oh, try, you know, capturing emotion and sort of that, that, that idea of, uh, you know, meeting someone new and then sort of realizing that the choices you've already made uh, are already put you on a different path. And, and uh, so, yeah, just kind of a, a different tune and uh, hope you like it. Well, it's a great song. It's called Roll My Way Again. We're talking with Jared Rogerson. And I'm trying to pronounce your name right because it's not Rogerson, is it? It's Rogerson. So You were right the first time. Yeah, Rogerson. Yeah, Jared Rogerson. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, let's take a listen to this. It's from the CD Branch of the Tree, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk more with Jared. It was that sad smile that caught me by surprise. Suddenly it's Six in the morning, you're watching the sunrise, and I'm so damn tired, but I can sleep when I get home, cause we are on a roll, we are strangers, stuck on different paths, like two different trains, rolling down two different tracks, and I don't have the heart to watch this. Again. Just a couple of gypsies, rock stars in the light, caught up in the glory of a Saturday night. Somehow you're with me, you spoke directly to my soul when you said to me, let's roll.
Jared Rogerson. He's our guest today on Campfire Cafe from his brand new CD, Branch of the Tree. And Jared, I have a couple questions for you. And yeah. they have really to do, yeah, with songwriting. Um, I see something interesting going on today in the creative world. Independent authors, you know, they're not getting published by the big, big publishing companies. They're going their own way. And songwriters um, uh, working their own way, too, independently. Um, your music does cross a, a, across a bunch of genres. Do you want to talk a little bit about the genres that you do kind of hit on, on um, and how <laughs> how they influence you, but how you totally just come up with your own sound? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of messed up, isn't it? So, <laughs> no, I'm, it's I'm great. Always... <laughs> That's so well, you know, great. yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I've I've sort of sort of been one that's always sort of crossed those boundaries. Maybe I've got a little bit of a defiant spirit about me, and I've definitely grew up with uh, listening to all kinds of music. You know, I mean, I grew up listening to the old cowboy songs. Amarillo by Morning was one of my favorites. I grew up on Chris Ledoux. Uh, when I traveled to rodeos, I listened to ACDC to get pumped up and, and some of those old uh, 80s hair bands. And so uh, I love folk music. I love singer-songwriter stuff. Bob Dylan, his lyrics move me, uh, all, all of that. So, so when, I, when, I, when I go anywhere, when I play shows, people always want to know, you know, how do you describe your music? What, what, what kind of music do you play? And, and I've always struggled for words, and I've noticed some artists – sort of make up you know their own genre or wh- whatever it's called and uh so finally finally i decided you know just call it what it is you know some people want to if you say it's country well that really isn't a good doesn't paint the picture of what it is and if you call it cowboy music well that might give you a different idea in your head of what this music is about so i've sort of called yep. it uh contemporary cowboy rock flavored traditional country and western americana music hey <laughs> I, I think I've seen that as a category in iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that kind of sums it up, you know. But but really, you know, yeah, I don't. That pretty don't much get, nails it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I write songs that I can relate to. Write songs about stuff I know, and I think that makes it truly authentic. And then uh, musically, uh, I, I sort of just uh, do stuff that I like. I like rock. I like country. I like old cowboy songs. And uh, that sort of just meshes together and comes out uh, maybe in this unique way, I hope. Mm-hmm. You, um, when, I was, when I was kind of doing a little bit of research about you, I was very interested to learn about a project that you did um, with a song that became, uh, the project became Art of the Rodeo. Do you want to just, I think it's a fascinating way about how a song touched a writer and then where it went from there. Just give us a moment to just talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I was invited to play uh, at this uh, Montana Storytellers Roundup in, uh, in Cutbank, Montana. That's way up north, up by Canada. And uh, I met an, an author, uh, a Western novelist by the name of Carrie Lindell, and she – had been writing a uh, Texas rodeo series and uh, was inspired by um, one of the songs on my previous albums, a song called 90 or nothing, you know, about giving it all you've got uh, on that, uh, on that bronc uh, 
when you do that, sometimes you, uh, you, you either win or you're going to land straight on your head, nothing in between, you know? <laughs> and so, right. Right. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what the song was about. And she was uh, in the middle of writing one of her, her novels and, uh, she wanted to incorporate the lyrics of that song into one of her books, sort of a, a turning point for the main character of this book when he hears this song as he's getting ready to, to make a big comeback ride at this rodeo. So anyways, uh, we worked that out and she ended up uh, using, using, can it, can a song be a, can you have a theme song for a novel? <laughs> I mean, because you can. Yeah, This is the theme song for one of her books. And, uh, as, as time went on, you know, we, we decided to start doing uh, some of my shows and having her come and do some readings from the book. And it sort of turned into this bigger project called that we called The Art of Rodeo, where we have, you know, sort of worked out uh, music and lyrics of my songs where she will uh, sort of do some of her readings throughout, uh, through, through the songs and sort of... Uh, you know, put this together, and so uh, it's it's very rodeo based. She is a it's very authentic. She's a, a champion breakaway roper, and so she knows exactly what she's talking about. Uh, these books are uh, they're also romance novels, and I, I say that loosely. They they are in the category of romance, but uh, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to sit down and read a bunch. But I really enjoy her stuff. It's very detailed and it's very very western based and ro and rodeo with some romance in it. I would say. And uh, so anyways, we, we go and, and do some of these shows together, The Art of Rodeo, combining her words, my song lyrics, and music. And then we also invite a local artist whenever possible to come to the show as well and share their, you know, rodeo paintings or sculptures or if they're a storyteller, some of their stories and sort of make a fun, fun event to sort of promote the West uh, how things have changed in the West, promote rodeo, which is, uh, you know, one of the big examples of, of Western evolution in the country right now, and uh, uh, just have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like Thank a you. fascinating show. Sounds like a fascinating show to be able to watch. And um, by the way, when you were talking about how do you define your music, I go back to this quite often. It's just good music. And if it's yeah. good music, you don't worry about the genre. You just enjoy it. And so I've certainly enjoyed Branch of the Tree. And right now we're going to get to another one from that CD. It's one called Right Here With Us. And we'll come back and we'll talk more with Jared in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe.
how similar that song turned out compared to what I heard in my head when I wrote it. Really? Uh, so, you know, yeah, the instru- instrumentation, all of this sort of stuff, you know, five albums into it now, I, I certainly wouldn't have been ready to produce my own stuff earlier on, but I, I got to the point where it really felt like I was being true to my art by sort of, uh, you know, and, and as a songwriter to really get this stuff out, you know, just how I heard it. Part of being a producer is also going to the studio and, and you work with great people and knowing and, and, and being humble enough to realize when someone has a better idea than you. <laughs> you need to uh, listen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of being a, a producer too. So, uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed creating this album. It was it was so much fun for me. It was so gratifying and uh, and stressful and a roller coaster of emotions at the same time. But man, I love love making it. Well, it's a great CD. Right now, we're going to get to the title cut from Branch of the Tree. And again, we're talking with Jared Robertson, our very special guest today on the Campfire Cafe.
coming and it won't be watered of the tree what a cool cool song and um going through the uh liner note liner notes on this cd i noticed that you recorded this in nashville is this your first one or have you done several in nashville yeah i've, I've done several in uh in nashville this was the i think guess the third one that i have recorded there and uh the second one that i'd recorded in, in the same studio uh, out there, and uh, all of the musicians that I worked with on this album, I'd played with on on previous albums, so it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty familiar. So how did you, yeah? How did you how did you decide to record in Nashville? You know, I love to hear people tell me that they've recorded in Nashville. Kind of kind of proud there of that. But how did you decide to record in Nashville? Well, yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. My very first album was a home recording, and it was called Bad Hay. And there was 12 songs on it. And, and this was, you know, shortly after my last rodeo wreck, I got up off the arena and uh, I had tore the bicep tendon in my arm and my, you know, my bicep was clear up by my shoulder. And I walked oh, out of the arena. And that's when it hit me, you know. I, I thought to myself, and this is a true story, before I got out of the arena, I thought it is time for me to, <laughs> to pursue this music stuff. And, uh, and, uh, of course, then my arm was in a cast, and I couldn't play my guitar for a while. But uh, I started writing songs, and I decided I was going to record an album. And I didn't know anybody. I had no connections. I didn't know the first thing about it. I got online, ordered a $100 mic and a cheap digital four-track recorder, and I was off to the races. You know, I was going to make this <laughs> album, and I did. And I'm really glad I did it that way because I learned sort of the hard way how things I, I sort of understood the mechanics I didn't even use a computer to do the mixing everything was sort of mechanical on the oh, wow. little device and and then I, I made it I you know I programmed drum tracks and bass tracks and played my guitar and played electric guitar and uh and did the thing but having done that and it took me a really long time you know I was ready for the next phase and uh right a mutual a friend put me in contact with a guy that you're probably familiar with, a guy by the name of Bren Hill. Yeah. He and I, he yeah. and I had sort of cro- <laughs> crossed paths so many times, but had never, never met. And, uh, you know, I was a fan of his music and, uh, and he had been at the times begun, uh, producing his own albums. And I asked him straight up, do you want to, would you like to produce an album? And could I work with you on this? And, uh, and so he sort of, you know, took my new batch of songs and got me directed and sort of, you know, sent me off to Nashville once we had these songs ready. And, uh, you know, he helped produce the music and co-produce that. And, and that's sort oh, that's of how great. I got in, into that. And he ended up producing two more subse- uh, subsequent albums. Uh, and then uh, and then I sort of, you know, uh, fledged out of the nest for this last one and, and got to it. But, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I really like recording there because it, uh, you know, the guys I work with are so versatile. Uh, they can play any style you want. Uh, there's and, and it's just uh, uh, a very fun process and very comfortable for me to do, to do yeah. that. So. 
Yeah. Well, people tell me it saves a lot of money, too, when they come and record in Nashville because they can get it done so quickly. These guys are just so good. And uh, and that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But uh, we're going to keep trucking along. I've got a lot more music I want to play. This is a great CD, and this is one called Feel Alive. You want to tell us anything about this song? Yeah, yeah. So, so I've always noticed in my life, you know, I've done a lot of things that sort of put you at risk uh, of getting hurt. You know, I, I've lived a very adventurous lifestyle, and uh, rodeos is, uh, is just one thing. And I've noticed that it seems like the things that that make you feel most alive are the things that actually put you at, at the greatest risk of dying. And uh, yeah. for me, you know, I'm looking out here at the, the Wind River Mountain Range, and I spend a lot of time riding up there in, in treacherous conditions, and, and that's a, a fine place to, <laughs> to feel alive in that way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the springtime, like right now, is, is about as bad as it gets because there's down timber and there's raging rivers and crossings and slippery rocks and and I, I remember uh, kind of all these, you know, thoughts and ideas I put together this song. And this is one that I've kind of hung on to for a while. I, I just never felt quite right until this album was ready to go, and then I sort of finished it. And then after I wrote this song, I kid you not, w- within a year, I actually lived it. <laughs> so oh, it, was, wow. it was like, almost like this, this song foretold a specific ride that I took in the mountains, and it was pretty cool, so... Uh, yeah. Great. Well, this is Feel Alive. Jared Rogerson will be back in just a minute. You feel the fear in the canyon. In the pouring rain It gets so cold up here This time of year And the mountain can make you a king And a pond at the very same time So you promise God that you give anything Make it out of here You really live You could really die That's how it feels Feel alive You wipe that scared look off your face And keep riding down the trail Fighting timber and mud Raging river and slippery stone There's a flash of light on the canyon wall Help falls from the sky See you down below Washing out the trail Feed you home You 
of the tree um jared as i look through the 10 songs on this cd um you've penned uh, most of them there's two co-writes and then there's one by radney foster and i think gary has that one probably queued up to play next um you want to tell us a little bit about how you chose uh texas in 1880 and and what it was it about this song that just demanded it be put on this cd (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's or, oh, there's probably several reasons. Uh, you know, I I I've written a lot of uh, straight up rodeo songs in my past album, and I guess for one reason, as this one didn't really have one on it, and I've always wanted to record a cover, which I hadn't, and uh, so I was I was trying to. I, it was really important for me to to get one on this album, and this song Texas in 1880 is one that I always do in my live shows. You know, when I have a band with me. Uh, it's one that I've always been inspired by, and I still remember the first time I heard it. I was I was riding at a high school rodeo, getting ready to get on, and I remember that song coming over the the intercom throughout the arena, and it boy, it really pumped me up and inspired me, and I've sort of been a fan of it ever since. And so, it was it was kind of a an honor to to be able to to take a song like that, and uh, and really sort of make it my own and and put it out there, and it it feels very authentic because uh, I've sort of lived that, you know. All right, Gary, you want to play? Let's play Texas in 1880, (laughs) and we'll come back in just a moment and visit with Jared some more on the Campfire Cafe. i 
whisper my name Telling me it's time to head out again My horses are trailered and lights are shut down And I'm long overdue for heading out of town Got a fever that they call rodeo Just enough winners to make the next show Sometimes you make eight, sometimes you hit third Go on and pin another number to the back of my has been our very special guest today on the Campfire Cafe. So, Jared, I know everybody out there is dying to find out how they can purchase your music and follow you on all of your social media. So why don't just tell us how we can do that? And you bet, uh, 
the the easiest way is just to type my name in your search engine, but you got to spell it right. So <laughs> that is a J A R E D, and then the last name can be really tough sometimes. Is R O G E R S O N, and that'll bring up my website. Uh, that's kind of the hub of uh, everywhere you can find my music, but uh, it's it's out there on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, uh, all the social media stuff. And uh, that's the easiest way. You can find out where I'm playing next. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but <laughs> I, sure miss, I sure miss playing some live shows. I can't wait. It seems like yeah. an eternity since I played in front of a real audience. Oh, yeah. gosh. Thinking back, it was about it was about a year ago at this time. I was uh, heading to Germany for the second time to play some shows out there, and uh, I'm not sure when that will happen again. So. Yeah. 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 Well, people are missing live performances. And uh, and I think what people don't realize is that the entertainers miss performing for you as well. So I'm sure if they visit your website, they can follow your tour schedule as well so that they'll see where you will be playing when things kind of start back up again. I'm eager for that to happen as well. But you oh, are, yeah. you, you've just been a ton of fun. You have been a very, very great guest. And um, I'm just going to ask you now if you'll come back and join us again for another visit on the Campfire Cafe. Absolutely. Anytime. Just give me a call. <laughs> you know where to All right. Me. I do. I do. <laughs> I've got, I got your number, my friend. I've got your number. <laughs> so anyway, well, we have been talking with Jared Rogerson today. He's absolutely great. The music is great. You'll want to get Branch of the Tree and all of his other CDs as well. And uh, we're going to close out this segment of the show with one called Cowboy Cashes. And, Jared, thanks again for joining us today. Hey, great to be on. Sure appreciate you having me. We'll look forward to it again. Cowboy Cashes. They say great-grandpa never hit those coins under his bed. He dug a hole behind the woodshed, stashed him there instead. When those outlaws came to raid the cabin, they burned it to the ground. Well, they might have snuffed out old great-granddaddy, but his gold they never found. Gone, almost forgotten. Something is lost, waiting to be found, searching for a treasure. But someone you can trust Deceitful lies and politics Truth has turned to rust My mind goes back to great-grandpa And the stories that remain How he died defending great-grandma And honoring his name Gone, but not forgotten Something is lost Waiting to be found Cowboy Cat.
said much, so I'm told. But back then, your word was gold. Something is lost, waiting to be found. Searching for a treasure buried in the ground. for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. And when we come back, a good friend of ours is going to be joining us. Miss Trina Morris will be our special guest today on Saddle Up America. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Got a gal in Memphis, one in Kalamazoo, one in Dodge City, one in East St. Louis. 
Winslow, Barstow, Buffalo, Kokomo, Catalina, Pasadena, see what I mean? I gotta saddle my pony, man, I gotta hit the road. Let's head on out. Pony. Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network and one of the most popular guests that we ever have on this show is Miss Trina Morris. She conducts Trina Morris's horsemanship clinics and she also has uh, uh, another blog I think called the Inner Cowgirl but uh, we are so delighted to have her back with us today on Saddle Up America so Hey, Trina, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. It's uh, nice and sunny in Wyoming, so I won't complain. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, it's raining here in Tennessee, and it's sunny in Albuquerque, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, the deep south is just not the old sunny south, I guess. But, uh, Trina, let me ask you. We've, we talk a lot about the performers, the entertainers, whose gigs have all been canceled. But but you've had a lot of clinics that have had to be canceled across the country as well, haven't you? Um, well, uh, maybe not canceled. What we did was um, I did a lot of juggling and switching around, and um, we would we had to postpone about a month's worth of clinics. But then slowly but surely with the state's, different states opening back up and um i started to do the clinics again we just um adhere to the rules of each area and uh you know we're careful if they're limited how many people or um kind of what's going on i just did a clinic in can uh, arkansas last weekend and um, we limited it yeah we limited it to 12 people and um so it was really actually it was a lot of fun i had heard you say to Jared that, you know, the performers miss um, the people and performing. And uh, I'd have to admit, as nice as my ranch is, and I like to stay here and kind of practice retirement for the last month, it was really great to get out there and see the people and help the horses. Um, You know, you you kind of forget how much you might miss that when it gets taken away from you. Well, but I noticed um, following you on Facebook that – you've been kind of busy doing another thing that you do well while the clinics have been postponed or rescheduled. You're a pretty good cook, aren't you? <laughs> I had, um, I had Facebook requests. So yeah, I did some, uh, live baking, which turned out to be pretty interesting as well, but, um, yeah, it all worked out. It was actually a lot of fun. So, yeah, maybe yeah. My, maybe my new calling. Yeah, it could be your new calling. I guess I'm going to have to go back and follow some of your cooking. Uh, I enjoyed the video that you did on that, so I may have to try some of those recipes out. Yeah, I may have to try some. Well, there there was there was a, a friend of mine in Canada, and they actually when they made the uh, biscuits and gravy. They all got together on the phone. They kind of did like um, 
you know, a Facebook call or something. And so there was three sisters making biscuits and gravy from three different places across Canada. So it was pretty cool. They they sent they sent me the little video and said that the biscuits and gravy turned out. And so um, you know that kind of stuff that that makes that kind of makes your day when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got a lot of fans across the country, and um, uh, people certainly enjoy your clinics. So I think you've got clinics coming up in Tennessee pretty soon. Uh, yeah, we reached um, the Linville, Tennessee Clinic, which is just south of Nashville. And um, I do that June 6th and 7th, I believe it is. So I'm excited for that one, too. Yeah. Um, so how much traveling do you do there during the course of the year? It seems like you're always getting on a plane and going somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, every front when, when the clinics get going, I usually... Uh, you know, of course, due to this COVID stuff, but usually I travel from uh, the 1st of April till the end of November um, on a plane just about every Friday and Monday. And uh, the month of August, I do a ranch clinic at my place for 10 days. So I kind of hang around home a little bit before that. And after that, get things ready and then cleaned up. But uh, otherwise, I'm kind of on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, living life out of a suitcase. Trina, it looks like you've been uh, very successful with Zoom and doing um, uh, uh, clinics through Zoom or or, or um, online anyway training with Zoom. How has how has that how's that been working out for you? Um, actually, yeah, I have to do that. A friend of mine in Washington suggested it um, because they were. You know, they, they were missing their, their clinic, and um, so I did a started doing Zoom lessons where the people can send me a video, um, and I do groups of six at a time, and then um, I watch the video, and then everybody gets on a call together, and we watch the videos together, and then I, I guess, kind of critique them, help them out, and then, then go do some homework, and then come back the next week and have another lesson and uh, update it. The super cool thing about that is that I've had people from um, California to Michigan to Texas, uh, Pennsylvania, and they've all rode into clinics in their areas, but they had never met each other. So then they might be on a Zoom call together. And it was pretty interesting to see how even though they were from all different parts of the country, they they just kind of all got along. They were like, you know, friendly, hi, how are you? And invited everybody to come to their clinic. And, yeah, it was actually pretty neat. So, I gave up the fear of doing a Zoom clinic. Um, I kind of was maybe backpedaling because I like to work the horse, you know, have the horse live and be able to help the people. Mm -hmm. Um, But the videos turned out to be pretty dang cool. So it was great, actually. And people have asked me to keep doing it. Yeah, I was going to say some of these things, it would almost make sense um, once you figured it all out to just, keep offering it as another platform because it opens the whole world really to you and and to those of us that want to learn i mean there's just so many things that are available this way now and it's fascinating to me so congratulations on (laughs) step out of another comfort zone and step into something new right right? (laughs) well you know i always tell people in the clinics right they have to get out of their comfort zone so 
anybody that knows me, they they were they're egging me on pretty good to do this. So um, uh, it, it turned out pretty great, and I agree with you. I think it's something that I'll keep doing um, in case somebody couldn't make it to a clinic or uh, you know further education when they're not around for a clinic. Um, it, it's actually pretty much a, it's a lot of fun. So I think I'll definitely keep it on my list of things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do clinics in the United States. You do clinics in Canada. Have you have you done clinics out of the country? I don't think I've ever asked you that. <laughs> well, I'm busy uh, within North America, so I haven't. I was invited to Germany once, and um, let's see where else: Argentina, um, yeah, Brazil. But I I just haven't really um, found the time to go. You know, the clinics in North America take up so much time, and then I uh, need to get my colts and stuff like that rode at home. But I, one of these days I'm going to make it out and abroad and, and do something. Yeah. Well, that probably <laughs> would be fun. But in the meantime, that Zoom might be a great way to do some clinics out of the country. So, you know, I think we all have a new normal that's coming out of this COVID-19 thing. It's 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 pretty interesting to me. It is pretty interesting, and uh, I never even knew what Zoom was until a couple of months ago. So, <laughs> yeah, I had heard people using Zoom for meetings and stuff. You know, um, like companies meet like that. But I had never thought of using Zoom to do lessons. And um, you know, my internet out in the country is not always the best, so. It really teaches us all patience sometimes too, because yeah. um, it doesn't always work out. It doesn't work out as planned. The the very first lesson I did was supposed to be an hour long, and it was three hours long. So oh wow, um, we had to miss <laughs> we had mishaps and stuff. So uh, I was very grateful for the first people that were on that lesson because two of them knew Zoom very well. So um, we we all got it worked out, and kind of some of those kinks worked out, but. It, it was quite the quite the lesson, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of equestrian events across the country have been canceled uh, because of this, and there are quite a few of those events that are now going to online events, and um, that's going to be interesting to watch to see how all of that works out. Some of the competitions are going online, so. I'm kind of eager to sit in and see how those things go. I am not a tech person. I can punch the buttons for the radio program, but that's about <laughs> the extent of it, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I have a, I have a yeah. great deal of respect that can learn to do these new things that are coming out. Yeah, I think the horror shows going online, uh, or a few of them, I see, uh, that that it will be actually a very interesting um to find out how that works. Uh, I, I think some people have gone to the black market and, you know, they do a secret barrel racing or a secret team roping, um, you know, and I kind of I said that, I kind of said that, that, you know, the world is, we're going to probably have to go black market if we want to get some things done. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen a few things go black market, but um, gratefully, Gratefully, my clinics, you know, I'm allowed to get them started again. So um, probably the biggest chance is me getting on a plane flying. But, 
most of the flights so far haven't been super busy, so I don't have yeah. any complaints there either. Yeah. Are you having to wear a Are you having to wear a mask when you fly? Yeah. That's a that's a bummer, isn't it? Yeah, mask and a fly. <laughs> well, it's not bad. Uh, the lady that <laughs> the lady that hosted Tennessee Clinic D. Um, she actually made me a a pretty cool mask to wear, so uh, that's what I wear when I'm you know on the plane or within the airport. But um, it, it's it's a pretty different thing, and I'll be respectful and wear it so people, uh, you know, in case somebody was nervous or something like that. But um, it, it it's definitely uh, I don't know if I want to call that the new normal. I think I'll just call that <laughs> for the moment. I'll, I'll wear a mask. <laughs> I don't oh, think gosh. that'll be my new normal, but <laughs> well, well the, one, the one thing, the one thing I have found, um, Trina, is uh, when I go out, when I go out between my sunglasses and my mask, uh, I don't need lipstick. I I don't really need um, much uh, of anything in the eye area, you know. Um, I, I was so funny because I never really go out without my face on. And when I went into the post office, I'm looking in the rear view, you know, in the mirror in the car before I go in and I'm thinking, what was the point of all of that that I did? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I put a wall cap on and whatever. And it's like, you can't, you can't tell anything. My nose is the only thing. (laughs) No, your nose is even covered. Oh, you know, uh, right? But I mean, I, I guess that's a, you know, you could kind of make funny faces at people now, and when they, you know, yeah. when you got your mask on, you can, you can do a lot of things, and they don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't do much for lipstick. Here in too. Wyoming, right? Exactly. But here in Wyoming, we're actually pretty lucky. We um, there's very few stores that kind of have the the if you don't have a mask on, you can't come in. Um, uh-huh. And people truly are are pretty respectful. You know, they're not um, cramming together, or you know, they're not super grouchy or things like that. Um, but we have a population of a little over half a million people in Wyoming, and so it's really? you don't run into a lot of people, anyways. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I think there's like five hundred and fifty-five thousand people live in Wyoming. Goodness. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. In the greater metropolitan area around Nashville, there are over a million people. So it kind of gets crowded out there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. See? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, But that was a funny thing when that COVID stuff first came out and they said about the uh, staying at home and they said that somebody did some report and they said that uh, Wyoming got an F for social distancing because they were driving, you know, a lot of miles and they, they shouldn't have been in their vehicles driving a lot of miles or something to that effect. Oh, geez. Anyways, geez. I, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Yeah. I couldn't resist the post. And I said, y'all probably have a Walmart a half a mile down the road, but I got to drive 80 miles one way to get groceries. So 150 oh, miles to me is social distancing. Yeah, it is social distancing. <laughs> kind of like what we're doing today. Right? Kind of like what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. I want to listen to a song from Thank Brent you. Hill. We talked about Brent during the first uh, hour of the show, and it's one called Horseback Getaway. And then we, when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, what goes on in your clinics. So let's do that, and sure. we'll be back to talk with our special guest today on Saddle Up America, Miss Trina Morris. 
But let's talk a little bit about your clinics. What can people see and learn when they come to see a Trina Morris clinic? Well, the good thing is the mask doesn't cover their eyes, so they get to see a lot when they come to a clinic. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I'm still stuck on your other question you had said earlier, but um, when they come to a clinic, they pretty much get to see um, they're, they're, it's kind of a variety and a variation depending on the area where I'm doing the clinic. Uh, like last weekend, I said I was in Arkansas and um, you know, we worked on horsemanship, whether it was foundation, whether you're on the ground working your horse or in the saddle. And uh, just so happens that that facility, they have some trail obstacles. So I just use those to help the people understand how their horse operates, how to get them kind of thinking more in a wavelength of getting their horse to try and not always protect itself and try to be a partner with their rider. Um, in Arkansas as well, we didn't have a colt starting, but we had a pony starting. Um, okay. The lady that organizes I saw that. <laughs> the lady that I saw organizes that. the clinic, yeah, yeah, she had bought a pony and she didn't know anything about it, and so um, just during the clinic here and there, I I worked the pony a little bit, and then there was um, another lady from Texas had come and she had a she had a pony too, and um, so I took that saddle and saddled up the pony we checked it out and then um, the mom rode the pony first and then we put the the little baby on it so there's actually three generations um, working the horse in the clinic so it was kind of cool to see um, yeah so I, I couldn't I couldn't never give you a cut and dry you know like ABC this is what will happen at a clinic um, but I can guarantee you that if you come with an open mind you will definitely learn a lot about yourself and your horse well, and I think depending on what part of the country and you kind of, uh, I think, and you mentioned this just then, is you kind of gear your clinics to where you're going to be, don't you? Yeah, it, it really depends, you know, the people that are in the clinic. So I don't, you know, pretty much I decide what the clinic's going to be like um, 9 o'clock when I see the people enter the arena. So I don't really have any formula or um kind of, uh, I don't know how you could say it. I don't really think about the clinic, I guess, until I see what the people bring in, what the horses are like, what they're like, and then I just adjust to fit, uh, adjust to fit the situation and um, help them. And so this weekend I go to Dahlonega, Georgia, and um, I know there that there's a couple people who had brought colts uh, a couple years ago, and so now they're colts. They're going to ride them in the horsemanship. So uh -huh. I'm excited to see them and what I can help them with. Um, but uh, I don't exactly know what I'll do when I see them all. <laughs> so I was talking with, uh, I was talking with another trainer the other day and, uh, and we were talking a lot about the fact that when they are working with horses, sometimes they have to unlearn the bad habits that, people have given them do you have to do a lot of that or, or do you find yourself working more with the people and their ability to read and understand their horse um i always when the horses come if they the sometimes people bring a horse and it's got some problems uh or they can't get along with it it's had some things happen to it um mm -hmm. but i always try to remind people that if they worked on the good parts of the horse, the bad parts would 
would go away. So I'm not saying that there's not undesirable things in your horse or things that your horse might have to uh, understand he doesn't need to respond to. But if you concentrate on all the things that are bad within your horse, that's kind of like concentrating on all the things that are bad within yourself. And pretty soon you're yeah. just like more depressed and you, you want to stay at home with the mask and the gloves and the you know, sunglasses. <laughs> you don't want to go anywhere. So, you know, I think, I think the horse, if you, you know, if you kind of ding on him too much about all the things that, that you think aren't working, um, right. you know, that can, the horse can give up on you or he can become defensive. But if you always kind of find some good things to work on, a lot of times the bad will fade away or what you think is bad uh, will fade away and the good will start to replace it more. So uh, I try not to think about um, unlearning too much. Now the person, they might have to uh, unlearn to check their ego at the gate, you know, oh, yeah. instead of bringing it in the arena. Um, and so if, if that's probably the biggest piece of the human if they could learn it quickly that I'm not there to personally attack them or their horse isn't there to personally attack them, um, that it's a, you know, or nobody's going to judge them while they're in the clinic, then I think the human would have, um, you know, a better chance at gaining ground with their horses a lot quicker uh, than when they come in with maybe a chip on their shoulder, um, uh, how their horse is or how it's going to be. Well, I've talked to I've talked to other trainers too, and it seems like that most of the problem that they have, you know, if if people are coming in and having problems, and I'm sure that there are people that are coming just to learn, they don't really even know if they have a problem or not. But a lot of times, most of the problems with a horse is the person, and so you spend more time training the people than you do the horses. Have you found that to be the case? Um. Yeah, of course, I I don't ever think of it as training anything. I always think of it as I just get it ready. So I don't really train the horse. I get it ready, and the horse follows through and does what it needs. And it's the same with the person. I just get the person ready, and then they'll find it on their own, and they'll follow through. And I think that's the best way, if you had to call it something, I guess that's the best way to train a person or a yeah. horse is to just get them ready so that they can do it on their own. Um, that also makes them independent when I'm not around, you know, I, I would, the, the best story I always tell people at the clinic, the best story I'd, I'd love to see at a clinic is for me to show up and get to sit on the fence and just watch what happens because the people have absorbed so much that they don't need my help anymore. That's pretty cool. I, you know, yeah. I'd like, I'd like to put myself out of business. Well, that ain't going to happen. But uh, but I understand exactly. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, I have I have observed Trina that you have a lot of people that just continue to come back to your to your clinics. And uh, are they just having so much stinking fun that they want to come back, or uh, do you find folks that? that are just learning and, and then want to come back and learn more and they want to come back and learn more. Um, I, I honestly, that's another the both because I believe that if you, if you go somewhere and you're, you're tight and bothered or nervous and upset or, um, you know, it, you can't learn either. If you're always trying to protect yourself or watch stuff, 
Um, if you're completely scared, you're just surviving. And I'm not saying that there are some people that come to my clinics and they might be uh, intimidated by me or just scared of an atmosphere with, with lots of people and horses. Um, but I think when they learn or they understand or they see that I'm truly there to help them with the horse and themselves, then they start to enjoy themselves. And so I believe it's a combination where once they find out they can enjoy themselves and they can be the person that they are, um, that they want to come back and learn more about that, but they also make lasting friendships. So um, like the, there was three ladies came from Texas up to Arkansas and um, one lady, she's, she's been to my clinics quite a bit and she is a good friend of mine. And, there was a girl uh, kind of new to the clinic world, I guess you could say. And so she just said, come on, I got space and loaded her horse in the trailer and stayed in the trailer with the, my friend. And she enjoyed the clinic and got to meet a ton more people. So um, that's probably the most uh, pleasing part or part that makes me the happiest is when I get to see people form these relationships and, um, make these friends all over the country just like I get to do then yeah. it really helps their horses actually come along a lot faster too once that starts to happen yeah yeah well I think happy people make happy horses sometimes don't they yes they do yeah so, yeah and I think that I think that lear- learning becomes infectious right so if they're having fun and then you know it's somebody new and that new person makes them some progress then it you know it becomes infectious because everybody wants to see everybody doing well um you know i think my clinic's probably known for that people enjoying themselves and having a good time and uh, allowed to be themselves you know i don't care you don't have to have the fanciest saddle or the fanciest horse or um anything as long as your stuff is safe you know your equipment is safe you could you could ride in your granddaddy's saddle from 1802. Wouldn't matter to me. <laughs> I, I would never judge that. Yeah, yeah. Well, where are where? Tell, tell us a little bit about your schedule. Tell us about where you're going to be for the next few weeks. <laughs> well, as it sits right now, unless something changes, <laughs> um, I'll be enjoying. <laughs> Well, that's I laugh at that, but honestly, I um I think I've changed the schedule so many times. I don't know whether I'm coming or going, um, so it's it's a little bit crazy. But uh, Georgia is this weekend coming up, um, Dahlonega, and uh, then I go to Ojai, California. Um, then I'm in your neck of the woods in Linville, Tennessee, um, uh-huh. and then we have on hold, uh, we have on hold a clinic in Canada because. As far as I know, they have closed the border again. Canada has closed their border, extended the border closing, however the heck you say that. Um, So then I believe I'm off to uh, Ohio. Yeah. I got to try and remember this. Dang. This is like off the the cuff here. (laughs) Then I go to Ohio and do a clinic, which usually I do that clinic in April. And so now it's, you know, closer to the end of May. And then I go to South Dakota do a clinic um and then i uh, got a couple weeks off due to the covid fun and some other places not being able to book their dates and yeah. uh, then i go to texas and then my ranch clinic so 
Well, it's Hopefully interesting because session won't have to change. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because every di- every state is different right now, and uh, and so it's just hard to tell what's going to go on, and it depends yeah. on what state it is. Yeah, I just uh, there are yeah, several like events. In, um... Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say there's several events that were booked for the Kentucky Horse Park in Kentucky, and uh, and they just keep canceling events, and uh, I think they've canceled events now through July, and uh, so it's it's just hard to tell. You just have to check, but I will say they need to follow yeah. your schedule. You, you've got some pretty good helpers out there. You have people that kind of keep up with your schedule for you. Uh, yeah, I have a friend of mine. She's uh, the goodness of her heart, she helps me. <laughs> um, but Sabrina up in Canada, she helps me get the clinic organized, uh, the schedule organized. And um, I have another friend of mine in Pennsylvania, their sisters, Tina and Sylvia, and they usually make sure I got a plane ticket bought because I'm a little bit famous for forgetting about the plane ticket part. Um, I get sidetracked. I, I kind of I have a squirrel mind, so if something shiny appears, then I get sidetracked. So, um you know, I, I have very, very good people that keep me in line. And um, in Arkansas last weekend, I, I phoned my friend in Texas and said, put my cowboy hat in the trailer because I don't want to fly with a cowboy hat. So she brought me a cowboy hat because, you know, I wanted to uh, check out how the flights were going to be right. and everything. And usually, I, you know, I wear I wear my cowboy hat, but I didn't know what people were like and everything. So um, I'm a light traveler anyways. I just had one carry-on bag, but uh, I just kind of wanted to be careful there. So... Uh, yeah, I, I have a an army of awesome people that take care of me, and um, that's probably one of the best things about the clinics and how they're going is my clinic hosts are amazing. Like in Georgia, we have to limit it to 10 people, so the clinic host there, Kelly Crow, she's, you know, made sure everything is up to the rules or regulations, whatever you want to call that, and in Ojai, we have to do very small groups so I've redesigned the whole clinic to fit everybody in um, and hopefully Linville will be more back to normal <laughs> by that time we'll see um, we'll see we'll see Tennessee yeah. has been pretty good about opening up things uh, I think tomorrow I think they've really opened up more things tomorrow and uh, and then of course Nashville is is just doing their own thing so um Finally, some live music back in Nashville starting next week. But man, we've been we've been without live music forever. It seems like. Oh but things wow! Do well, change. somebody asked me that. Somebody asked me that. They said, "Well, if you're going to Nashville, are you gonna, you know, go downtown and stuff?" And I went, "Well, I'm not sure." I said, "I don't know. It's open." You know, Arkansas seemed to be um, kind of everything was open. The airports are are not open. I mean. There might be a, a subway or a fast food store open, but there's um, the airports are kind of like uh, skeletons, I guess you could say. So yeah. um, it's it's interesting to see what each state offers, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, be careful as you travel and fly, and uh, and again, you can check her website. Why don't you give that to us now, right quickly? Yeah, you can go to my website, cowgirl.com, um, and there you can follow me, or you can find me on Facebook. 
under my regular name, Katrina Morris, or you can go to Trina Morris Horsemanship and find me there on Facebook. And that usually we try to to keep everything updated. So when clinics change, we try and be on top of it so people can know um, where you know where I'm going to be or what's changed about it. Um, but yeah, just anytime anybody's got a question, they can message me. I'll answer. Well, and she does. She does. She answered me pretty quick the other day. But, uh, yeah, you've got some good people out there because I had somebody contact me the other day and said, Trina's going to be in Linville the first part of June. Can you come? And I said, well, I'm going to be in uh, Albuquerque the first week of June. They said, well, how about Kentucky? That'll be coming up. So hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll be able to hit your Kentucky clinic. I'd like to sit in on your clinic and actually meet you. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Well, I mean, I had the I had the people in Tennessee line up a whole bunch of single women to come to the clinic. I mean, come on, Gary. I, I was <laughs> trying to help you out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, Who's going to be in Albuquerque this week? Yeah, but, yeah Bobby J. I'm going to be in Albuquerque the first Who? week of June. So You are? Yeah, I was, I was going to tell you about that last night, but I'll oh, tell you about gosh. that later. That's yeah, I'll like tell you about week, that later. Too- it's well, pretty make quickly. Sure, make sure, right? Make sure you put your face on under the mask this time, Bobby Jean, <laughs> so that you know don't surprise them when it comes to. It. Uh, <laughs> well, Trina, you are always so much fun to have on the show, and of course, this was a little different because everything that's going on right now. But uh, you do a great job. You've got a great following out there. People love coming to your clinics. They love what they're learning. They have so much fun when they come to your clinics. And so I'm going to encourage people to check out the website and find out where Trina is going to be in your area. And I'll I'll guarantee you, if you come once, you'll come back again, because that seems to be kind of a pattern that these folks have. So you are a fantastic guest, and I so appreciate you coming on the show today and being with us. You're just a ton of fun. Well, I'd say that you've been fun, and I'm very appreciative and grateful that you keep inviting me back. It really is one of the highlights when I when I get to come on the show and talk to you. So, it's an well, honor. you are very kind. You are very kind. You are very kind. We'll come back again soon, and uh, we'll kind of catch up again with you as things kind of settle down to some type of normalcy. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to having you back again with us. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Trina Morris has been our special guest. Maybe we'll see you in Kentucky, I hope. And uh and look forward to having you come back and join us again on Saddle Up America. So right now I'm gonna listen to a song from Carol Markstrom. It's one called Bandita. And um give us your website one more time, Trina. It's your inner Calgary. You can find me on Trina Morris Horsemanship on uh, Facebook. And uh, again, I appreciate both of you taking the time to visit with me and have me on your show. And I hope everybody out there stays safe and doesn't like the new normal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the new normal. I don't like the mask, but but we got to do what we got to do right now. So anyway, this is Bandita, Bandita, Carol Markstrom. Trina, talk to you soon. Thank you.
daughter of a highwayman. She was a desert rose in a rugged land. So many things she didn't know. When the rose began to grow, she fell out of love with a dangerous man. When the change began to blow, she tried to leave, he wouldn't let her go. She left lying dead in the desert. had quite a bit in common to talk about so that fast face mask <laughs> conversation was pretty interesting 
<laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> but she puts on great clinics. So again, visit intercowgirl.com and find out where she's going to be and uh, and try to get out to one of her clinics. And I, again, I guarantee if you go once, you'll go back again. And then Jared was just uh, a joy to have on. And I love his music. Great young he has man. So many stories, so many stories to tell. We'll we'll yeah. be fun yeah. to have him back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I look forward to having him back on the show. I want to mention real quickly that uh, we have a new show that's airing on Saturdays at noon Central Standard Time. People really seem to be enjoying it. And uh, uh, John Chandler is going to be on the show this Saturday. So that's at noon Central Standard Time. And then on the Campfire Cafe next week, we have Mr. Dave Stamey that's going to be joining us. And uh, what's the name of that new album that he has out? Good Dog. Good Dog. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I may let my dog I may let my new dog listen in onto that show. So that Yeah. That, yeah. That'll be a lot of fun talking with Dave and then we've got a we've got another trainer out in uh, Utah that's going to be joining us. His name is Wes Taylor. And so that's going to be a fascinating conversation on saddle up america as well so great music next week and that all starts at noon central standard time uh on the equestrian legacy radio network and uh anything exciting going on without west this week well let's see tonight marks the fifth anniversary of the writer's block radio show uh, 200 and what's tonight? 257 episodes, I think, is this evening. Um, Out West Shop, um, our designated uh, charity for any purchases through the Hero Collection is the Salvation Army of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, this month and probably next next month as well, May and June. And uh, that's just real simple. Just go to outwestshop.com and click for the Hero Collection. There's a big banner with a cute little dog in an airplane. And just click that (laughs) banner and it'll take you right into the Hero Collection. And um, we also are launching another collection called the Campfire Collection. And you'll see a big banner and a wonderful photograph. Yeah, a wonderful photograph. And it's kind of... Um, what I've been putting in there is all clothing ideal for outdoor adventures, short sleeves, long sleeves, thermals, uh, flannel, uh, baseball caps, um, waterproof hats, crushable hats, um, a- anything that you might like to be wearing to star in your own outdoor adventure. So, you know, we're just uh, just just looking forward to serving our customers who we love and who are our heroes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you need some Western wear or if you're an entertainer that's looking for something to wear when you get back on the road doing your gigs again, Out West Shop is the place to go look. Or if you just like the Western lifestyle, that's a great place to shop and add a few items to your wardrobe. So anyway, you have any kind of closing thoughts you'd like to leave with us today? Well, you know, Trina, um, she has a blog. She, she blogs on her website and they're, they're 
very, they really, she writes right from her heart. And there were a couple where just the opening lines sort of spoke to me. One is, I know not where the next adventure takes me. I do know to grasp it with open arms and breathe it in the wild winds of change. And um, I and I think this one speaks to us today. The roller coaster of life throws spirals and dips we are unaware. And I believe our character is seen in those times. That is a good thought. And that's kind of interesting. I actually posted something today on my Facebook page that said there are times we have to choose the road less traveled. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's I a great that. thought. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a great thought mm-hmm. as well. So sometimes we just need to choose that road and path in life. But anyway, it's always fun to have you on the show. We're going to have a big time next week with Dave Stamey and uh, with Wes Taylor on the Campfire Cafe in Saddle of America. And be sure and tune in to the Living Room Sessions. We're having so much fun with that show. And uh, John Chandler is going to be an absolutely great guest. And that's it noon central standard time on saturday so bobby we're going to close the show out today right now with one by mary Kay, beautiful song called jealous of the moon we want to remind you as we always try to do sometimes i forget to remind people of this but if you climb in the saddle get ready for the ride on equestrian legacy radio thanks for listening
Yo te veo rarando, sí. Yo no aguanto más aquí sin ti. Never fall in love with a tall man who rides. They are married to the seasons and the cattle are their bride. The moon above perhaps sees more than me of the cowboy I long for, the cowboy I cannot be. Yeah. 